Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Hi there, everybody. Welcome back. Okay, I'll tell you what, this is, this is interesting. This is another one of those episodes where a number of things, of course, have occurred over the course of the week, in particular in the subject of education, which is why I'm here and why I do this. But it continues to show a particular trend that is repeating itself, hence a trend, which is not a good thing. And it really is holding people back from thinking at another level and even advocating for something that is much, much better than what's at face value. You probably know what I'm talking about. It was the education story of the week. I'll get to that a little bit later regarding, again, the Jaden kid and the Gadsden flag and his charter school and all that stuff. You know my take on it probably without me even saying a word. But I am going to get into it because, again, it just continues to show, I think, what is a much larger problem. And this is the wall that people are having a hard time breaking through. So I'll get to that a little bit later. That'll be the first education topic that I bring up. I want to talk a little bit about the James O'Keefe video. It's not surprising, uh, based on, again, board members calling the police on him and other people who were in that school board meeting that he attended a while back in New Jersey. Um, a few. Uh, there's a particular story about CPS that I want to bring up as well, and then I've got some jab stories and a few jab articles uh, to to round things out here. So, let me start with this first. I'm consistently referring to this individual as uh, the anonymous business insider here, but they sent me another email again regarding a lot of the harassment that's been taking place, not only just within their business but among individuals that they know in numerous businesses, in numerous lines of work. And this is, again, this is a trend. This is something that is continuing to occur, uh, again, not just in our country, but lots of places. So let me read this very quickly. And then again, uh, they ended up sending me another email as well from an individual who lives in Australia. But here's what they said recently. They said, quote, do you remember the PPP bullshit the government offered for small businesses during COVID? It was supposed to help them cover bills. I didn't apply for it, but my associate owns a hotel, and another associate owns a larger chain restaurant. Both had the identical experience with the PPP. First, they were told to apply online through a specific website. When they tried to apply, they were told, quote, you can't apply yet, wait until whatever date. They waited until the date and then went back to the website. The site kept crashing. After multiple crashes throughout the day, they both waited until the following day to apply. They submitted their applications and waited weeks for an answer. When, they got, when the government finally replied, they said that they waited too long and all the funds were already gone. Neither of them ever got a dime. Both were put through absolute hell. The hotel owner was forced to drain his swimming pool, remove his vending machines, shut down the free continental breakfast buffet, install plexiglass dividers all over, and plexi is super expensive, they said, and all kinds of other stuff. So only, I'm sorry, to only be able to have 20% capacity max, which as he explained, didn't cover the bills. The restaurant owner was also told to install plexi, which he did. Then the rules changed. He could only offer carryout in which he had to physically bring the food to the person's vehicle because they can't come inside. Due to rule changes, he had to throw away all food in his kitchen at least four times. 
massive income loss. He ultimately ended up closing on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday because carryout can't cover the bills and he had no staff. He also had to change his menu to help with the cost of food ordering. So the new carryout menu was basically chicken-based dishes because chicken is versatile and a chicken breast can be used to make a variety of different entrees or noodle dishes. He could no longer have his sauces be homemade, so he resorted to pre-made from Costco. These changes tanked the business, but he had no choice. Both the hotel and the restaurant are still open, but both are barely surviving. The restaurant, which had which has existed for over 75 years, had to sell off its other locations to stay afloat. It is now down to only one location. To this day, it is still closed on Mondays. The owner did this snow plowing, did his own snow plowing rather, in his parking lot. He drives a truck and has a plow attachment. Obviously, that saves him a lot of money during the winter, not having to pay for plows. But he has been forced to resort to snow plowing for other people in businesses before and after work hours to bring in extra cash during the winter. He charges only $200 for an entire winter's worth of plows. To make matters worse for the hotel owner, his hotel is a famous brand. Let's call it a Holiday Inn, quote-unquote. The way that works is the owner signs a contract with Holiday Inn to use their name. The owner is then responsible for making his hotel look like a Holiday Inn. The contract lasts for around 20 years. Well, after lockdown ended, he received a letter from Holiday Inn saying that they will not be renewing his licensing in 2024. He will no longer be able to use the name or the look. Everything, art, bedspreads, chairs, carpeting, etc. must be replaced by the end of the contract so it no longer resembles a Holiday Inn, unquote. Now, me personally, I had no idea that that's the way that it operated. I mean, I had no clue, and I'm sure a lot of people out there didn't. That's, that's remarkably interesting, and of course, you can also see how it's a purposeful destruction of one's, one's livelihood and, and the business that someone is trying to run. Ultimately, the person who drafts up the contract is the person who holds all the chips, and that's not a good thing, clearly. Uh, there's this, too, then. They sent me this. They said, quote, just talk to an acquaintance, a, fr- a fellow truther, rather, who owns a rental store in Australia, in New South Wales. He said that the government is suddenly auditing his business and businesses belonging to fellow truthers. He's never been audited before, and his accountant said that there's nothing that should have triggered one. Everything is fully legit. Worldwide harassment by our governments to shut us all down, unquote. Yeah. Yes, there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. And it's not even that they want to replace you with anything. That's not even the issue, because again, a a normal person would ask that question. Well, you want us gone, but what do you want to replace us with? The answer is nothing. They don't want to replace these businesses with anything. They want them just gone. And then they they take over the property, because clearly the banks own the property to some extent, or at the very least, you're, uh, you're paying property taxes on the land that you own, depending on where your business is. And again, it, it boils down to the business owner practically owning nothing. But I, I, I don't know how to fight against this. I truly don't. 
more and more people, of course, need to lawyer up. That's expensive. And, and I know that that's a cop-out explanation because even they don't want to get involved in this kind of thing. But herein lies the problem. Again, it's the money lenders and the, and the property owners. These are the individuals who really control everything that goes on in our country and frankly have for a very, very long time, probably since the inception of our country as a nation. So yeah, I don't have an easy answer to that, but there's just more business harassment right there and more updates from that, uh, from that individual. And those emails and communications are greatly appreciated. So thank you. Uh, okay, let's get into this now. Education-related things. Again, you know this is this is an interesting trend. It's an interesting phenomenon, and you, and uh, you know the the conservative media loves these stories, don't they? They just love them. So I'm going to summarize this very quickly before I just kind of break down a couple of other things. This 12-year-old kid named Jaden, who showed up to his school, of course, he's got patches all over his backpack and whatever else, and he had a Gadsden flag on the back of his, of his backpack, and then was pulled out of class because it made the teacher uncomfortable, and the teacher claimed that they were speaking up for all the students and saying it was making them uncomfortable because, again, the flag has ties to slavery and the slave trade, which isn't true, and all this other stuff. So he gets pulled into the office, as I'm sure everybody's already seen, and then you see that left-wing lunatic of an administrator, or whoever it was, waving her hands around and looking like she's at least triple-jabbed, sitting across the table from what is, I assume, his mother, Jaden's mother, and uh, their infant sibling right there. So my first question is, who was doing the recording? Was it the mother? And they had, you know, a a hidden camera, clearly. I mean, somebody was doing the recording, and I'm guessing it was probably the mother. The mother, of course, threw it up on social media, and then everything, everything blew up. And it all happened basically in one day. All of this just took off in one day. And by the end of the day, the school board had uh, basically had an emergency meeting, an executive session, and they said that uh, the flag isn't banned. He's allowed to have the flag. It's not a problem. Because again, they don't want the negative media attention, and they don't want to get sued because they they'll lose. They, this is a open and shut First Amendment case, and again, anybody with a brain in their skull knows that this is not complicated. The problem that I have, and you know exactly again where I'm going with this, without even saying a word, is that the parents continuously send their children back to these environments that just got done taking advantage of and singling out their child for something that is based on what? Based on their feelings, not facts. Because feelings are not facts, and, and we know this. So the child can read, the child can write. There's no reason for the child to be attending this Vanguard school. And there are approximately... I think just under a dozen Vanguard schools in the United States. This particular one was in Colorado Springs. There's at least, I think, four in Florida. There's a couple in Texas, one in Illinois, another one in California. You know, I mean, they're charter schools. They're just charter schools. They, they operate on a lottery system. You know, they use direct instruction or they're supposed to. Uh, you know, I, I, I really don't know what else to say about, about the schools themselves. 
I, I suppose they're your average school, but what we know is, is these are not average times. And what we also know is that they are not hiring average individuals to be school teachers. It's actually far worse than that. That's bad enough, but it's far worse. They're hiring below average thinking people to be school teachers and administrators within these buildings. The vast majority of which, I might add, are either women or gay men. This has to be taken into consideration because this is the environment. And when, again, those individuals are working together in those environments, the likelihood of them all agreeing on a number of different things that are false is remarkably high. It's remarkably high. With all of that said, this kid is being pimped out, in my opinion, certainly, I, I would say, in some part by his parents. Because again, it's 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 garnered a lot of attention. But at the same time, who swoops in to you know talk with this kid and 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 leech off of him like the leeches and ticks that they are? But Charlie Kirk and Ben Shapiro. So here's what I want to do very quickly. I want to play a quick little audio, a little video that this Jaden kid took. Probably his mother filmed him, but he's basically saying thanks for all the support and blah blah blah. And here's here's what's gone on in my school since, because again, you know, they were telling him to take the flag off, and then you know, all hell broke loose, and then the panic set in, and the and the basically the court of public opinion got a hold of the story, and no one had heard of the school at a national level until, of course, they embarrassed themselves with their stupidity, and then there it is. But I want to play this audio first before I get into a few other topics related to this, because this is this is an important aspect of this. On, on a number of different dimensions. And I wish that people would think multidimensionally about this and, and ascend to a higher dimension of thinking on this issue, rather than just making the memes and repeating the same message over and over again and saying, this kid's a hero. I mean, look, his parents set him up to do this. You know, he, he, he probably had that flag on his bag uh, you know, before now, but all of a sudden now it becomes a problem, even though there's probably pride flags everywhere. And I think even he said that. So don't be surprised that a school is hypocritical. Okay. They're notorious hypocrites. They're, it's what they're known for. It's practically in their mission statement. So either way, let me play a couple of pieces of audio here. This first, again, is just him talking into the camera and essentially thanking people. And I, it's probably his mother. Uh, you know, doing the filming and then threw it online. So give this a listen real quick because there's a there's a few telling things in just this little piece of audio. Hey guys, um, today was a good day, kind of. When I got to school, the kids were really hyped up because um, they saw me on Twitter. And kids are putting "Don't tread on me" on their locker. At least um, my new made friends because uh, I'm big on Twitter and now they like me all of a sudden. But the teachers, on the other hand, I got some dirty looks, that's for sure. Um, I, they're definitely not happy with me. But other than that, it was pretty good. Um, I was on the Charlie Kirk show, and Ben Shapiro had me. It was a really good day, in my opinion. Well, um, have a good day, y'all. Again, I got to take this in a number of different directions because this is, is just too important, in my opinion. First of all, You've heard me also say this numerous times, but I don't believe that using children as a as a political pawn 
in this very serious war, where children are clearly the target, is a good idea. Bringing, bringing a voice to it and a message to it is important, and highlighting the hypocrisy of the school and highlighting the stupidity of the school is necessary, without a doubt. Again, I'm not discrediting the importance of that. They embarrass themselves, and that needs to have a light shined on it because, well, they're idiots. And again, it, it goes without saying, but continuously perpetuating this from the standpoint of throwing the kid out there as if the kid is supposed to understand what we understand. That's just not the case. He's not going to fully grasp it. I'm glad that the kid is a patriot. He's clearly a red-blooded American. That's a beautiful thing. And he's hopefully going to grow up to be one. But again, you have the likes of, of Ben Shapiro now and Charlie Kirk pouncing on this kid for, for clicks and for likes and for shares and things of that nature. That bothers me. Okay, because again, you have to understand the background of Ben Shapiro and, and Charlie Kirk. The, the, the lesson here with a number of different individuals, and I'll start with this particular point. In fact, this point is made in that audiobook that I suggested that people listen to. It's about four and a half hours long. Uh, the Great Red Dragon or the London Money Powers. Y you, have to, you have to listen to that because what he says in, in that book what the author says is that any time an individual shows up on the scene and all of the sudden comes from seemingly nothing and you don't know where they come from and then all of the sudden they have all of this money at their disposal, those individuals are bought and owned by the money, by the money lenders and the money owners. And Again, as far as Ben Shapiro and Charlie Kirk are concerned, those individuals are Israeli, and they happen to be Jewish. So Charlie Kirk and Ben Shapiro are owned. No one knows where Charlie Kirk came from. He immediately showed up on the scene, was on stages, yelling at leftists. He has handlers, uh, doesn't put down the trannies all that much, but will make fun of them from time to time, but then back off. And again, the reason that he does that is because he's controlled, and the message that he puts out there has to be one where he's controlled. You know, on Gab, he's consistently called out for his hypocritical tweets, which is fantastic. I love that stuff because people are picking up on it, which is great. But he's not an abolitionist when it comes to American K-12 brick-and-mortar schooling. He just isn't. He's not an abolitionist when it comes to brick-and-mortar university and college education, so to speak. Brainwashing, torture. You, you know the words I've used to describe these environments. He, he's, not, he's not involved in that. He's involved in maintaining the system. Why? Because the very moneylenders who fund him and prop him up are the same people propping up this corrupt system. That's why you'll never hear Charlie Kirk say, we need to do away with the Department of Education and everybody needs to homeschool. Same thing with Ben Shapiro. They're never going to say that because they can't. Because they're told not to. Because the very people, again, that fund those organizations and those departments are the same people that fund them as individuals and their associations. Again, just ask yourself that question. When was the last time you heard Charlie Kirk say, you know what this kid needs to do, this Jaden kid? He needs to homeschool himself. He didn't even suggest it to him. 
and again, I, I really don't have any more audio. There was just a little clip of him on Charlie Kirk's show. And Charlie didn't, you know, he didn't, uh, he didn't, I don't believe, ask him anything about homeschooling. I didn't see the full interview. But the point is, is that he could have. He could have said, you can read and write, can't you? And the kid would go, yeah, I can. He'd say, well, why don't you just homeschool yourself and get out of that terrible environment? Ladies and gentlemen, an American public K-12 school, when they lose a child, okay, and I'm not even going to use the word child, when they lose a student, when a student disenrolls or unenrolls from that, from that school, they lose thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars per student. You've heard me say it a million times. You can bankrupt a school overnight. You can do it in an hour with everyone calling in and saying, we're unenrolling our children, goodbye. And then that's it. The walls cave in and all hell breaks loose. The school building panics. Everybody, all the employees get in their cars. They drive to the parents' houses. What is it you want us to do? What is it you want us to change? The school board flips out. All the administrators lose their shit. Everybody, everybody loses it. That right there, what I just said, is the thing we have not seen yet. And I'm emphasizing the word yet, but we haven't seen that yet. Now, why haven't we seen it? Because too many people are still plugged into the matrix. Too many people are still brainwashed, and the likes of Charlie Kirk and Ben Shapiro know that. And they don't want to even approach the subject because if they do, they'll implant that idea in their brainwashed audiences. And then they'll start to say to themselves, wait a minute, what if we do a mass exodus all at once from this school district? What will happen? I just explained to you what would happen. I just brought it up. And it's a beautiful thing. And that's the thing that needs to happen because that's the thing that has not happened yet. So again, you know, I, I, I made a lot of, I made a, a couple of comments, a couple of basic comments on Gab about um, this Jaden kid's parents sending him back right into the same meat grinder that, that, you know, chewed him up and singled him out. And you heard the kid, by the way, you heard the kid even say, I got dirty looks from, from, the, from the school teachers, but I've made a lot of new friends because I'm famous on Twitter and there's Gadsden flags all over the lockers and whatever. I mean, that's fantastic. That's taken over a building and highlighting again and shining a light on the stupidity of the people who work in the building. Why in Christ's name would you ever send your kid back to that building again? Why would you do that? So I said, you know, I said a, a couple of things on Gab, and I got one comment that I thought was very interesting. But again, it proves that this individual who made this comment is in the matrix. They specifically said, how can you suggest homeschooling? You don't know their finances. You don't know their home situation. You don't know what's going on. First of all, none of that has anything to do with his ability to teach himself. Absolutely nothing. He can teach himself. He can read. He can write. He's on his own. Does he sound like a competent young kid? Yeah, he does. He's got his head on straight. My problem isn't with him. My problem is with people refusing to break out of the matrix. And when you pull a kid out of a charter school, that's a beautiful thing because the charter school feels that pinch even more, even more. 
Not to mention, there's probably not going to be a follow-up with this story regarding any parent who, ha- who, who basically says, you know what, forget it. I'm, sent- I'm, I'm pulling my kid out of that charter school or homeschooling. I don't want my kids anywhere near those adults. They're clearly not behaving like adults. They're not thinking rationally about anything. They're jabbed. You can assume that. Uh, and, and that's the way that it is. But you're never going to get a follow-up story like that, let alone hear of one, because they don't want that getting out, because then that, that school will crumble. That school relies on attendance. And again, it's not that it's a, a tuition school. It's not. It's a charter school. It's free. But they have, they, have, they have money lenders, too, the school does. They have things that they have to push forth, too. And if the money lenders don't like the message that's being put forth, well, then the school will close its doors, which is why they are going, all of these schools, public, private, charter, doesn't matter, they're all going hard left because that's what the money lenders want. That's the messaging. That's the mission. The mission is to, again, brainwash, indoctrinate, and torture everybody in the environment. Now you're, you're hiring those kinds of people who are brainwashed, indoctrinated, and tortured, and those are the individuals now doing the teaching, so to speak. They're the ones doing the indoctrinating and the torturing. I just don't understand why people would, would continuously send their own child back to that very environment. Again, you know, I think back growing up in the 80s, it, it, I mean, if something like that would have happened, that would have been it. It would have been game over. We'd have been out of that school almost in an instant. You know, I, again, I have a slight criticism here also. This is uh, Ultra Peppy Lives Matter. You know, I follow him on, uh, I follow this person, you know, on, on Telegram and read some of their posts, you know, decent posts, but it says this. And again, you know my take on this, but here's what they said. They said, quote, the future is bright when you have young leaders like Jaden being raised to love the Constitution, their inalienable rights, and having the courage to stand for freedom. What a great young man. Salute to this man's parents. This is how you raise your children, unquote. Well, what are we talking about? Are we talking about his knowledge of, of the First Amendment? If that's true, then yeah, I agree. But is this really how you raise your children? When it comes to sending them back into the meat grinder, the very environment that, again, abused him, theoretically, uh, singled him out and sought to make an example of him. That it's only their way or the highway. Rules for thee, not for me kind of thing. Again, they've got, I mean, his own mother took a picture of him in the parking lot of the school behind one of the employees' cars that is loaded with left-wing stickers. Just hard left-wing stickers and all of the ideologies and whatever else. And he, on the back of his bag, has a bunch of different patches, a couple of military patches and whatever else. And then, of course, the Gaston flag. And someone complained, and then the whole thing blew up. You have got to leave these environments. I, I keep saying it. I keep beating this, this horse as much as humanly possible, but I, I don't know what else to say. Don't send your children back into the meat grinder during a war like this. The battlefield is the building, is the school, and America as a country is never, and I mean never, going to improve and get back to what we used to be as long as these schools exist, and they only exist with your participation. 
That's it. That's it. So it's got nothing to do with finances or you don't know the the mother's job or whatever else. I mean, it looked like Jaden has a very young sibling also because that young sibling was in a car seat in front of the hidden camera kicking kicking its little legs and and its little feet in the air. So you know, I don't know if the mother is a homemaker or not, but it doesn't matter. The kid is polite, he's intelligent. He doesn't have to go there. But the parent probably has it in their head, well, we send him to this school because, you know, we want to socialize him and we want to, uh, you know, he has friends there and blah, blah, blah. And all those excuses that people still stuck into the matrix cord in the back of their head, those are all the, all the excuses that they consistently say and use. But that cord has got to be pulled. If he's there for friends, he's there for the wrong reason. He's clearly not getting an education. You have a woman in the building saying that the Gadsden flag is, is tied to the slave trade. So she's retarded, which means why are you sending your, your, your child to a building where a person is on camera who works there being as retarded as she is? I mean, who, who's the idiot now? You get my take on this. I mean, I know you do. If you're listening to this, you've heard me say this kind of thing over and over and over again. But one of the disturbing trends, again, that does happen, and it even happens on Gab, and it drives me up the wall, is you'll start going down these pages on the main page, and it's one meme after another of this kid. You know, go get him, kid. You showed that school. Now send him back to that school. And it's like, wait a minute. No. No. The message that needs to be contagious is that if your child is abused, singled out, or made to feel less than human, or embarrassed, or whatever, or frankly, just not taught properly in a school building, then it's time for you to leave. You need to leave that building. And if they can read and write, they can teach themselves. There's no, you have no more excuses then. There's no reason to send them back. For a little kid like that to go back into the building, yeah, they might feel empowered and, you know, whatever, but you heard him say he gets dirty looks from his school teachers. That's not a healthy environment then. You have adults still scowling at him and looking at him and, you know, talk, whispering about him. I mean, hell, when I went to high school, there were numerous teachers that hated me, hated me when I was a student. They couldn't stand me because my parents gave them hell on a, on a semi-regular basis. I remember walking past these school teachers when they were whispering about me. They'd shoot me dirty looks. It was a terrible environment. I had no business being there. But again, this little kid, he's, he's back in that same environment. He's back in the same brainwashing, abusive environment. Again, the, the kid's not a hero. He didn't really do anything. Mom recorded it. Mom put it on social media. Mom or dad, whoever it is. They drove him to the local NBC affiliate to see if he could be interviewed about what went on. The NBC affiliate said no. They took a picture of him outside of the NBC affiliate. I mean, they're using their kid here to spread some kind of a message about standing up for your rights, which is great, except stop sending them to the environment that's attempting to strip him of his rights. That's the point. Until that happens, no one's learning a thing. It's just, that's just the way that it is. I'm sorry. That's just the way that I see it. The story that would go viral 
okay, to, to use that cliche phrase, would be if a group of students or the vast majority of an entire building, as I said earlier, just unenrolled. They just unenrolled. And, and, and uh, honest to God, here's, here's the way to do it, okay? If someone wanted to do it, do it like this. If you want to get the most attention, here's how you do it. You organize it to the point where all of the students actually show up to the school. But then, if they're old enough to drive, then they leave the building. And if their parents show up to pick them up, then coordinate the time in which all of those students stand up from their classrooms and they all walk out at the exact same time. But it's not one of these temporary attention-getting walkouts. No, no, no. This is a permanent removal from the system. Because again, imagine the look on, a, on the face of a school teacher. If half to 75% of their population in that classroom stood up and walked out, they all just looked at each other. They looked at their watches. Of course, they don't wear watches anymore, but they look at their watches, tap their wrists, or you know, hold up their cell phones or something and signal to one another that it's time for them to all leave. They all pack up their stuff. They stand up. They walk out. The teacher goes, Where, where's everybody going? What's going on? And then they start shouting at them to sit down and stay in the room and blah, blah, blah. All hell would break loose. And then by the time they hit the hallway, all the other students who are leaving at the exact same time are in the hallway also. And they all walk out of the building. They're in a single resource officer who could stop them. There's not a single administrator who can stop them. And if anybody tries to stop them, you simply say, we're no longer students in this school building. We're no longer students in this district. Goodbye. And then the phones start ringing off the hook because it's all the parents unenrolling their children. That right there is the thing that has not happened yet. And I'm telling you, that right there is ascension. That is a separate dimension of thought that, that it has not occurred yet. Until that happens, everybody's just spinning their wheels for clicks. I think it's horseshit. I really do. I think everything else other than a complete removal from the system is just people spinning their wheels for clicks and attention. I think it's a bad idea. But what I just suggested there is how you take the Overton window and you destroy it permanently. And then everybody can see clearly the light of day and what the answer is. And don't feed me that excuse of not everybody can do that. That's fine then those people get to stay in that terrible environment all they want. They can be as special ed as they want. They can be as mentally handicapped or physically handicapped as they may be. So, so, so be it then. So be it. Turn the schools into just for those students then. But anybody who's able-bodied and able-minded has no business going. Until that happens, I'm sorry. You're, you're attending for all the wrong reasons trying to show off, trying to get a girlfriend, a boyfriend, trying to do this, trying to do that as a student. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. So again, if I was the parent of the Jaden kid, I wouldn't have whored him out to the, to the media the way that these parents have. That's my opinion. I understand people might disagree, but I would homeschool him instantly. I would use a Becca.com. The kid clearly loves God. W what's the problem? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? 
you trying to get a lawsuit? Are you are, are you going to you know pimp him out again to the broken system one more time? This is this is what I have a problem with. And when things like this, you know, these uh, I don't know, I don't know what you want to call them, trendy school related stories of the day uh, hit the airwaves, and everybody starts talking about it. Hey, did you see this video of this kid? Hey, let's check this out. Let's let's get that kid on the show and blah 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 blah. When people start doing that, they're wasting their time. And again, the people in the media are never going to promote homeschool. They won't do it. They won't do it because they can't. It's a war. That's basically my summary. It's a war. That's why I've been saying this is a war for a very long time. It is war. Don't put your kids on the battlefield. They don't have that coming. Explain to them the war. While you're off the battlefield, while you're pointing at the battlefield from a distance and say, see that? See what's going on over there? That's the war, and it's happening all across the United States in all of these buildings. doesn't matter if it's public, private, or charter. It's happening everywhere, and I'm not going to send you into the war. You can analyze the war from a distance. You can even participate in it by trying to advocate for people to leave those battlefields because, again, you know, that's the meme. That is really the meme, and it's the meme that's been talked about since the beginning of time. The money lenders are around the board table and the game table, but the table is made up of people on their hands and knees with their backs up in the air holding the game table on. If they just stand up, the game ends. And then the money lenders don't have a game to play anymore. This is, this is what has to happen. And again, it's so easy to do. It's so easy to do as as parents could do it if they just retaught their children on how to behave in a home environment and and gave them structure within the walls of their own home. They could easily teach themselves at home, but but they don't know how. And unfortunately, again, many of these parents have forfeited their parental responsibilities to government and to the school. And well, look what that's done. Look where that's gotten us as a country. I mean, that's the brainwashing, and it's worked. It's worked. So that's my two cents on that issue. There's also this, again, just very quickly. This this continues to prove it. And then I'm going to get into the James O'Keefe thing, because even that shouldn't shock anybody, and that should prove it too. There was this very quickly from The Blaze. It's titled, Tolerate It and Look Away, quote-unquote. Female students allegedly discover exposed male in girls' restroom, prompting parents to sue the school district over policy. Back to the old bathroom stuff, okay? Michigan parents, Vicksburg community schools. Why? Why? You're going to sue the school over what? Because they're degenerates and this is what they do and who they are? How about you leave? How about you all just leave the school district? If you do that, they'll be out thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. But mom, dad, I go there for the games and I go there to meet up with friends and I'm never going to see them and I'm never going to talk. Put your foot down and say, I'm the parent, you're the child. You do what I say and I say, we're gone. We're out of here. Just do that. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Okay. Ugh, yikes. This James O'Keefe thing. 
Okay, again, not new. James is, you know, he's working a little hard right this second, although I know he'll he'll set this up later because he's got hidden cameras throughout New Jersey schools. And certainly within this particular district where uh, where he showed up and he spoke at a board meeting, but the badge cam footage from the police officer that was called in during a during a board meeting that again where James O'Keefe showed up with a few parents as, as well. Um, a few of the members who are associated with the district, they weren't the board members themselves because they were in the meeting, but it was other district officials, two women in particular, one of one one of which I should say was the assistant superintendent. Uh, she ended up calling the police because they were afraid and they were scared that all of these strangers had shown up to their meeting when normally they've never been there in the past and we don't know what this is and blah blah blah. They're all left wing lunatics. That goes without saying, it doesn't even require any reporting on the issue, let alone analysis. But it just, it deserves this revisit. You have to understand that the vast majority of local police departments work hand in hand with school districts no matter what. No matter what. They will cover up atrocities the likes of which you can't possibly imagine. And at the exact same time, they'll show up during a board meeting when, when 911 is called because they think that some of the people in the board meeting, which is a public meeting, and as long as they have children there, they're usually allowed to attend. Now, it depends on the district. Sometimes to attend a, a, a district meeting or at the very least speak at one, you have to be uh, certainly to speak at one. I think anybody can attend a board meeting regardless of where you live, but to speak at one, you have to live in the area or live you know within the jurisdiction of that district either way uh you know o'keefe shows up and he he warns them that he has hidden cameras everywhere and they're going to be recording things and bringing bringing it back to his attention and whatever else but then of course district officials called the cops and you hear this police officer and he's like oh, okay so this guy's kind of a nut and he he hires these uh you know he recruits these parents to show up and stir the pot and blah 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 Again, this is the environment. This is the environment. If you want to see a level of panic among district officials, all you have to do is leave the environment and they'll all be out of a job. <laughs> I mean, that's it. They won't be able to pay their bills. They'll be finished. They'll be finished. So you have James O'Keefe. I mean, again, you would think that this would be a wake-up call to parents, too, to pull their kids out and homeschool, but it isn't. They think that they can maintain, uh, I would say, continuing to go to these school districts while they expose the wrongdoing of the school district. Why don't you expose the wrongdoing and then hand them the consequence on a silver platter, which is leaving permanently? Just do that. We caught you on on hidden camera. James O'Keefe put this out on his uh, you know O'Keefe Media Group YouTube channel and a thousand other places on social media. Now we're pulling our children out permanently and we're homeschooling. The district will be destitute overnight, and they'll have to fire everybody. <laughs> I mean, don't make me revisit it, but you get what I'm saying. That's the move that hasn't been made yet. Once that gets made, the ripple effect of that 
will be endless. It'll be like a flipping tsunami that'll just spin around and then it'll it'll land everywhere. It'll have a devastating impact on districts, which is what has to happen. But they're reporting on the degeneracy all of the time. And they're not really following up with any kind of a story as to how many parents are pulling their children out. That would be the follow-up that would be worth it, I would think. But they're not, they're not doing that. So, I don't know. That's my two cents on the whole James O'Keefe thing. It's, it's interesting because it's continuing to highlight what most of us already know, which is these schemers and these meddlers behind the scenes are always doing whatever they can do to limit free speech, to limit what people can say and do, when in fact, you're the one that holds the keys to the engine. You, you own the keys to the car. So pull the keys out and the car can't move anymore. Throw the keys down, you know, down a toilet and flush them. And then that's it. Everybody will panic. They'll all shove their hands down in the toilet trying to find the keys, which is their job and their livelihood, and the district will collapse. But that's not happening yet. Again, I emphasize the word yet. I really want that to happen because that's the only way forward. If anybody uses the term reform when it comes to American public education, that person is not your friend. That person is beholden to the money lenders and the money owners, and those are the individuals who want the system to maintain itself. They're not, this is, you know, this is a one way trip here. We're on a one-way. We're on a one-way trip on a one-way track. There's only one way that this all goes away, and it's with you not participating. Now, I want to mention this here. I want to shift gears here slightly, and I want to bring in a story that was brought to my attention that is uh, also on GoFundMe. So, if you're interested in checking this out, by all means, uh, I will link the description below. I've donated to this particular GoFundMe, and I'll tell you, I'm not one to do this necessarily, but this one grinds my gears. And again, it, it was brought to my attention from Outcast from the Dangerous Info podcast. He says that he knows these individuals and has known them for quite some time. And I'm just going to read this story here. It's rather heartbreaking, but it has to do again with the, uh, the corrupt court system, certainly, and CPS and uh, negligent parents, and then family members who are trying to gain full custody of the negligent parent's children, or child, singular child in this particular regard. So let me just get into this description here, and, uh, and we'll get going. It says, hi, everyone. I'm asking for help from my sister, Val, to be able to obtain a new lawyer to help her get grandparents' rights and fight to bring Emma Lynn back into, back into her loving home. Most of you probably know this story, but for those of you who don't, here goes. On December 28th of 2021, the worst nightmare occurred. Her six-year-old grandson, Terrence Adams, was brutally drowned in the bathtub by his mother's boyfriend, while Emma Lynn, then two, watched her brother be murdered by Hunter Locke Hughes. The situation is even worse because it could have been prevented. See, the mother, Ashlyn, had five open CPS cases against her at the time. Multiple hospital visits where Terry had black eyes, broken arms, and bruises all reported by my family, the hospital, and Terry's school. 
CPS continued to give the kids back to the mother. There was a safety plan in place, and it was broken by Ashlyn, which resulted in her leaving the children alone with Hunter, who then murdered sweet, disabled Terry. Terry was born with Charge Syndrome and endured many surgeries and overcame so much in his short life just to have his life ended this way. Since the murder, for the last almost two years, my sister Dawn, Val, and her husband Michael have had custody of Emma Lynn and were promised by foster care that they could eventually adopt Emma Lynn, which now has changed as the new district attorney in Terry's case, along with the court, felt that they need Ashland's testimony at the up at the upcoming trial, it says. So they recommended to the courts to let Ashland have another chance and gave Emma Lynn back to her. After she passed a few parenting classes, same ones she passed with CPS, and got Terry back multiple times before his death. It's been 18 days since Emma Lynn was ripped out of the only home that she knows by the people that protected and loved her the last two years. Val and Michael have exhausted all their financial resources on legal fees and taking care of Emma Lynn without any help. Now they need funds to obtain a new lawyer that can help them fight to bring Emma Lynn home and have grandparents' rights. It says that all of the funds will go directly to the legal fees to fight this case with CPS, foster care, and family court. Says if you want to follow the case further, you can look up the Detroit newspaper article from 6823 on Google, or, or rather Google Terrence Adams for all the media info. Also, if you know a family court lawyer that specializes in these cases, please send me their name. It's been 18 days since she was taken away, and the mother won't let my sister, the father, Gary, or anyone in our family even check on or speak to sweet Emmeline. Uh, we want to make sure what happened to Sweet Terry does not happen to her or any other child. We need help to make this happen. If you can't donate, we understand, but please pass this link on to others or pray for Emmeline's safety. Thanks so much. Sincerely, Dawn Val and Michael Joseph, unquote. Um, again, they're looking for 7500 It's up to 1575 as I'm talking to you right now. This is put together by Shannon Grabowski out of Grant Township, Michigan. So I will link this in the, in the description below. Absolutely horrific. That goes without saying. And again, what judge, of course, in their right mind, and they clearly aren't in their right mind, would hand a child back to the mother after the mother's boyfriend murdered her, first, her firstborn child? Seems like an unsafe home, does it not? But this right here again, ladies and gentlemen, this is the court system. This is CPS in a nutshell. Absolutely awful. But again, I will, uh, I will link that in the description below if you're interested in making a donation. Don't feel like you have to, of course. It's completely your call. Okay, jab-related things. First of all, you may recall, I think it was episode 502, it was brought to my attention by our business insider that those COVID contracts that were making the rounds uh, either, I think it was last week, certainly last week, 
that indicated that there were a handful of companies in Canada and a handful of companies in the United States that at first glance appeared to be government contractors of some kind or that they were receiving government contracts that was that were essentially saying that they're going to have to put together covid measures and then receive potential funds for it or something along those lines but either way they were signing covid contracts basically for preventative measures quote unquote to the tune of roughly half a million dollars and that those particular companies again their order dates or their contract dates started sometime in August and would end sometime toward the middle or end of September, maybe a year from now, something along those lines. Point is, is the Business Insider looked it up and looked up these companies' names, and it turns out that they're not government entities whatsoever. In fact, they are flooring companies and housing siding companies, and uh, and that's really about it. And even looked up their location. And again, it just seems like not a honeypot, so to speak, but it seems like a money laundering operation kind of thing. So I guess the lesson there is, is don't take things at face value. Certainly, we shouldn't be taking these government contracts at face value, and we should do a little more digging because what we might end up finding is is that people are still taking advantage or at least maybe trying to send... I don't know, backwards messages regarding these COVID contracts and what they claim government is saying and or doing, and then who knows? I mean, the story I brought up at the beginning with some of these companies, of course, not receiving the PPP loans or uh, or whatever they were called, where, whereas other companies did, and other companies were given the runaround and then couldn't cash in on any of it, I suppose, even again to keep the lights on or the roof over their head or pay their employees. But I don't know. The, the number of crimes that have gone on with the COVID cash and the CARES Act stuff and, and all of it, it is astounding. It really is next level money laundering. And of course, we can't trust the DOJ to do anything that's right. So I guess kind of keep that in mind. Let me read this now. This is from AJ, our favorite California lawyer. Uh, he got kicked out of a Starbucks. And here's why. So I'll just read you the text, and it's absolutely incredible. And this is the kind of social vigilantism that I that I just love, absolutely love it. And it involved a child. It says the following quote, Sean, I got kicked out of a Starbucks yesterday for letting a mom have it for masking her 10-year-old child while waiting for their order. I told the mom that she was abusing the child and that the kid was not going to make it. Borrowed your line, quote unquote and also called the mom a mentally uh, a, a mental case and stupid. Nice work. Uh, he, he continued to say, this is hilarious, he continued to say, someone suggested the possibility that it may be good for a child's karma to experience masking. I'm not even sure what that means. I understand children learning lessons, but that comment is like saying that it may be good for a child's karma to experience poison shots, molestation, uh, solitary confinement, locked in a basement, etc. In the case of the mask, the parent, teacher, or authority figure is forcing onto the kid, and the kid is then conditioned to keep it on. Fear people, socially distancing, and with long-term effects. Yes, the kid could get mad later as an adult and take it out on the tormentors, but more likely than not, the kid will want to mask and bully others. 
unquote. Yeah, no doubt. And I said, you know, so what, what else was going on in this situation? Um, I asked if, you know, did anybody put their hands on him? And he said, they just told me to leave several times as I kept giving it to the mom. And I left when I was done saying what needed to be basically said. And I said, was anybody else wearing a mask? And he said, no, it was just the kid. The kid was the only one in the entire place wearing a mask, and the mom wasn't even wearing a mask. He said, yeah, it's funny and sad. And the sad thing, rather, is that the kid was saying stuff back to me, but I wasn't paying attention and couldn't understand him anyway with the mask on, and the kid was defending his mother tormentor, Stockholm Syndrome. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. He also said this. I said, you know, it's remarkably common, and uh, unfortunately, a lot of people aren't going to be able to grasp the long-term impact of that Stockholm Syndrome, having mass children defend their abusers and not know that it's abuse. He said the following, quote, I notice a certain type of educated white Gentile mom who does this to her to their kids in the middle and upper middle class neighborhoods, smug liberal Obama Clinton Biden voter who cannot respond with facts or data when challenged and unwilling to even discuss it. I also believe they've been taught to hate themselves, their race, their fathers, their heritage, guilt-tripped whites, white women more prone than white men probably had weak father figures in their lives or no relationship at all. This is the real problem. Worst part, like you have said, is that they pass it on to their kids who will do the same to their kids, assuming they make it to adulthood. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. He also sent me this jab-related uh, story, which, which actually first, by the way, that's excellent. That entire scenario is excellent. Um, anytime, you know, I understand that Endless, endless people would say, well, it's not your kid, leave him alone, and whatever else. I mean, look, we got to drop some red pills sometime. And doing it in a social setting where a kid is wearing a mask and nobody else is, that's child abuse. It's brainwashing. I mean, that goes without saying. Clearly, the mother is brainwashed. Triple jabbed, quadruple jabbed, who knows? Uh, is clearly a driving hazard if there's an automobile that they're driving with a kid in it. So child endangerment, without a doubt. But this right here, again, this is this is the massive problem and these multiple dimensional scenarios that people are not considering. I mean, the normalization of child endangerment exists now. This is a thing. And to not call that out is negligent. So I applaud him for calling it out. I encourage endless other people to do the exact same. Take the mask off. You're abusing your kid. I mean, just come up with a mantra. Why, why, are you, why are you masking your kid and you're not wearing a mask? You don't want them to breathe, but, you, but it's okay for you to breathe freely? Have them take the mask off. I mean, you know, whatever it is you want to say, but just practice a mantra and come up with one. Here's another story he sent me. This is from Mercury News, right down the street, I believe, from where he lives, neighboring uh, neighboring neighborhood. It says the mother of actually, well, here's the title. It says Bay Area mother not expected to live after collapsing on high school football field near injured son. It says Mountain View High School parent suffers brain injury after her son was injured Friday. Not expected to survive. Lucinda Daniels, known around the team for having one of the biggest hearts you've ever seen, collapsed as paramedics treated her son Dylan, a senior running back. 
Uh, she was at every game, blah, blah, blah. It says the following, quote, In a scene described as surreal, both Dylan Daniels' parents rushed to their son after he suffered a broken leg and dislocated ankle just before halftime Friday in a game against the Kings Academy in Sunnyvale. It says the boy's father, Dale, fainted after kneeling next to his son, prompting Kings Academy officials to call a second ambulance to the field. Now, I'm going to take a guess and say that both of these parents aren't exactly in shape. That's the first observation because they have a GoFundMe for the mom and, you know, she's not thin. Um, But they're also most certainly jabbed. So it continues. It says that uh, he fainted after kneeling to his son, prompting uh, to call a second ambulance to the field. And then it says that mom was fine, according to the athletic director, and she was on the phone and it looked like she was talking to family members, letting them know what was going on. Then dad gets up. He was fine and coherent. But as paramedics continued to treat their son, Dylan, Lucinda collapsed. She was down for about three minutes before she was placed on a gurney and rushed to a hospital. We're standing around thinking, Lord, what is happening here? It is so surreal. Someone said, whoever that person is, and it says, you almost think that it was just a bad dream that you're going to wake up from. Uh, she was 44 years old or is 44 years old, suffered a second aneurysm that left her with no brain activity on Saturday night, uh, suffered a stroke, the whole thing. So, yeah, I, I can only imagine what that would have looked like. You know, your, your son goes down, both parents run out onto the field. Both of them out of shape, again, probably jabbed, and then one of them faints and then gets up, and then the other one drops and doesn't get up. I mean, what a nightmare. But again, is, is, I mean, is anybody going to say, you know, how many, how many COVID shots did they take? Is that even going to be approached? Probably not. Probably not. Speaking of jabs and brain aneurysms, uh, have you seen Mitch McConnell recently? Yikes. I mean, that was crazy. That guy locked up again. And again, I find it remarkably astounding that not a single person in the crowd yelled or said out loud, go get him a doctor. Take him to a hospital. He, He completely locked up again when being asked questions, and it was being carried by a local Cincinnati news outlet. WLWTNBC5. Absolutely crazy. He just totally locked up. And then one of his handlers came up and, you know, tried to snap him out of it. That didn't work. And then another guy came next to him and tried to snap him out of it, and that didn't work. And then the handler female said, you know, just make sure you speak up a little louder so the senator can hear you. That, that's got nothing to do with it. The guy is, he's out to lunch. He's incapacitated. Term limits is an understatement. Uh, You need to get this guy off the playing field because he's finished. He's absolutely finished. So, but again, why, why, why wouldn't anybody just yell out, get him a doctor? Get the guy a doctor. And then, of course, speaking of somebody who needs a doctor, Steve Scalise, a representative who, of course, was famously shot. Uh, you know, on that softball field during their little softball practice thing. Well, now he has a multiple myeloma, and he's calling it a very treatable blood cancer. Well, is he jabbed? 
according to Steve Scalise himself, he is jabbed. He said so. I took the vaccines, and I'm glad I did, and blah, blah, blah. Well, there you go. See, not everybody got placebos, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, congressmen and women took these shots. Yes, they were exempt, so, they, you know, so, so we've heard, but plenty of them took them. And some of them have openly talked about uh, you know, their, their illnesses and side effects as a result, which, of course, are intentionals, but they've openly talked about it, like Representative uh, Mace. Again, I forget the state which she's affiliated with, New York or New Jersey, something, but either way, she's openly said it during live testimony that she's injured from the jabs. So there you go. Another cancer case, uh, you know, but don't worry, it's treatable. Well, quit taking shots. Quit taking shots. Your DNA's ruined now. Here's, uh, here's another one from the Western Journal. CDC mysteriously stops accepting COVID vaccine adverse event reports ahead of the new vaccine push. It says, as reports emerge of an upswing in COVID-19 and a push for vaccinations begins, a new report is questioning the reasoning behind the termination of a major system for reporting corona vaccine, coronavirus vaccine health incidents. The CDC is doing away with VAERS, it seems. And there you go. Now, why would that be the case? Why would they be doing away with VSAFE? Oh, I'm sorry, it's not VAERS. VSAFE. It says on May 19th of 2023, CDC closed enrollment in VSAFE for COVID-19 vaccines. VSAFE was developed specifically for COVID-19 vaccines and has been an essential component of the pandemic vaccine safety monitoring system. Yes, I'm sure it has. Uh, VSAFE users, it says, or others who get vaccinated can report any possible health problems or adverse events following vaccination to the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, or VAERS. Well, we know what they're doing with VAERS, don't we? They're deleting posts on VAERS. They've been doing this for quite some time. They've even been editing posts within VAERS. Trying to push everything over to VAERS where most doctors don't use it and only 1% of all adverse reactions are reported, if that, good luck. There's also this one, too, from Vigilant News. Uh, Let's see. It is titled, Pfizer's COVID Vaccine Causes VAIDS in Children, Study Proves. Vaccinated children become susceptible to bacteria and fungal infections. That's not the only thing. Those aren't the only two things. There are many, endless, endless symptoms. It's as many of us shared anecdotes of loved ones vaccinated with COVID-19 vaccines and bioweapons and suffering from all sorts of unrelated illnesses afterwards. I know a young individual who, after mandated COVID vaccination, had all sorts of bacterial illnesses and has, that he has ha- never had before. It says, finally, we have scientific confirmation that vaccination against COVID-19 causes a marked decrease in immunity to heterologous pathogens, if I'm saying that right, uh, such as other viruses, bacteria, and fungi. No, no. W- what this, again? You know, with all due respect to these writers and and old vigilant news and the vigilant fox and all that stuff, what these individuals don't understand is that there's no such thing as viruses and bacteria. 
there is just poison in the body. And it's the body's inability to get rid of a what, what was once a normal healthy cell in their body that has now become toxic. And all of those toxic cells now are just building up inside of the body because the body can't get rid of it. That's it. It's that simple. But yes, this is VADES. It is vaccine-acquired immune deficiency syndrome. The, the proof is endless. The pictures are graphic. That's, that's what's going on here. Here's a little bit of news out of Australia. Uh, I used to, again, discuss a great deal of things that were happening over there, and it's still happening. And unfortunately, they're really pushing the 15-minute cities over there big time. And unfortunately, again, unfortunately, that's becoming a, a very quick reality. But there's this from the Australian government and their Department of Health and Aged Care. It is titled, Product Information Inserts Are No Longer Required for Injectable Medicines Administered by Health Professionals. It says, from September 1st of 2023, printed product information, or PI inserts, won't be required in the packaging of injectable medicines administered by health professionals, approved PIs for all these products will still need to be made available on their website. Yeah. Because how's that worked out? I mean, no one read the package inserts anyway, let alone asked for them before they received the shots, the, you know, the first go around or the second go around or the third go around. So why would they do it now, let alone go to a website to figure out what's in the same poison that they've already taken three or four doses of anyway? Craziness won't quit, ladies and gentlemen. The craziness will not quit. Okay. I'm going to wrap it up there. Couple of quick things for next week. First of all, there will not be a show on Monday, but on Wednesday's episode, uh, Dr. Robin McCutcheon will be coming back on from Marshall University, economics professor. We're going to be talking about a great deal of things. We're going to start talking about her summer, what went on, what she observed. Her university retreat before school became uh, back in session there. And then, of course, we're going to get into the jabs and endless other observations that she's made, probably talk a little bit about BRICS and what's going on with that. And in fact, that conversation is going to take place on Tuesday. And then what I will do is I will upload that as quickly as I can on Tuesday. So hopefully by Tuesday evening, if you're interested in listening to it then, then you can give it a listen then on BitChute and Rumble. All the other audio platforms for the show here, it will be available on Wednesday morning, 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time per usual. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, have a great weekend, and I will catch you on Wednesday. Peace. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.